So speaking of VBS, my name's Mr. Michael. For the ones of you that don't know, I work with the children. Um, but uh, why do we do VBS? Why do we do trunk retreats, which last year's was awesome? Why do we, I mean, grown-ups, why do we send missionaries around the world? Why do we build churches in ridiculous places, absolutely crazy, like the Philippines and Lehigh? I mean, who does that? This, we do these things. Why? Is it just because Jesus told us to in Matthew, the end of Matthew, and the Great Commission? Is that the reason? Yes, that's the reason. We were told to do it by Jesus, our Savior. That's good enough for me. Okay? So think about this for a second. We've had an experience. If you've met Jesus, you've had an experience that 90% of the world's not had. Okay? And think about the, the awesome responsibility, even the, the awesome joy of getting to tell people about that, right? I love when kids come back from a big trip, like they go to Florida and go to Disney World, they go to Disneyland, they come back to kids' church, and they're like, Mr. Michael, let me tell you all about it. I got to see Mickey. I got to do this. And, and they're so excited, right? And as a grown-up, who's been to the pyramids or the Colosseum or the Great Wall? Anybody? Okay, one, nice, okay, two. Um, who's been to Yellowstone? A little closer? The Grand Canyon? Okay, maybe Zion, Bryce, Yosemite. Yeah, you've been to these places. These are experiences. I got to go a few years ago to, um, to the pyramids and the Coliseum on the same trip, by the way. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and I remember it was hot. It was, it was, <laughs> it's miserable getting there. It's two and a half hour bus ride through nothing but flat desert from Alexandria down to the pyramids. We had a guard on the front that had a machine gun in case we got attacked by pirates. I mean, it was just like, we're going where? What? But then you get there. I'm all excited to see the pyramids. I jump off the bus, all excited. Can't even get to them because there's so many locals trying to sell me stuff, trying to take my picture, trying, hey, let me get your picture. And, they, and it's, it's, they wouldn't leave you alone. And finally, after about 10 minutes of this, I finally grabbed a local and I said, here's the story. I'll give you $20, $20 American. You keep everybody else away from me. Genius idea. Thank you for that. Um, so he kept everybody else away. And I just turned around and walked up and stood in front of Kofu, the biggest pyramid in the world. And I felt so small. It was so awe-inspiring. I was just, I had chills for 15 minutes, just stood there, just, wow, right? But here's the thing, when you come back and you see somebody, hey, how was your trip? I got to tell you about this. If you get a chance, you got to go. It's impossible not to, because that's how awe-inspiring it was. Okay? That is Christianity. This is why we take the word to the world, because we have a story that they need to experience. Does that make sense, everybody? Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the people at home. Hope you guys really enjoy this. Today is going to be a little different. I'm going to give you a couple practical reasons on top of that um, as to why we want to spread the gospel. But I can narrow it down to two sentences. We're going to go over Revelation. Last week, Jody talked about Jesus coming back soon. We're going to give you some pictures today of this, okay? It's going to be good. I hope you love it. Um, but basically, two things to remember. Judgment is real. It's real. But heaven is real e awesome. Okay? That's what we're going to cover today. 
We're just going to have a good time, but it's going to be a little different than usual. I'm not going to come up really and preach to you so much as I'm going to do this together. I want to build a picture. I want to have this in our heads. I want to see heaven today like maybe a, most of us have never really seen it before. Okay? So we're going to get into this, and I hope you guys are going to have a great time with me. Um, <clears throat> first part is judgment is real. So for the kids, this is not going to be, I'm not going to go into you know, the whole great white throne and the whole mess, but I want you guys to understand this. The biggest issue I think that we've had in this world since literally Matthew chapter 2, when Jesus was born, cleared through now, all of the days through Israel, Rome, etc. as a people, we forget I don't know why, but we forget who Jesus is. You guys understand that? You with me on that? I mean, think about this back in the, back in the, the, the Roman days with the Israelites. On Sunday, they are singing to him. He's coming in on a donkey. They're praising him. They're worshiping him. They're throwing their cloaks down, palm branches. That's why we call it Palm Sunday. They're doing all of these things, just loving on Jesus. And five days later, they stick him on a tree to die. The same people. How does that happen? Well, I mean, you can say, yeah, what's well, a mob mentality? I mean, I've seen the riots in Portland the last year. Yeah, the mob mentality definitely messes it up. Okay, and there was the Pharisees in the back stirring the pot and making stuff up. I definitely get that. But you still can't go from there to there in five days unless there's something fundamentally different. And what that was is the Jesus that they were waiting for didn't turn them out to be the Jesus that showed up. That messed them up. Okay, so they wanted, what kind of Jesus were the Israelites hoping for? What'd you say? Conqueror, exactly. They wanted a conqueror. They wanted a king. They wanted him to show up and to literally invade and destroy the Romans, throw them out, rebuild the temple, build up Jerusalem, restore the kingdom of David, make it like they've always dreamed of it, right? And instead, who shows up? A humble servant literally telling them, that the kingdom of heaven is here, serve your earthly masters well. What? That's not what we want to hear. Our masters are bad guys. We want out. This you know, sound, almost sounds like slavery or something. This is terrible. No, this is bad. That's not what they wanted. But Jesus is seeing this little teeny weeny 80 years that we're on this planet against all of eternity. So they're not seeing him the same way. Now, we've taken this the other way since. In the world today, and especially in America, We've lost. We've lost the fear, the healthy respect of Jesus, haven't we? Nobody thinks of him as the son of God anymore. And I mean, even as Christians, right now, just picture Jesus in your head. We may be picturing him as the little baby in the manger. Oh, he's so cute. We may be picturing him as the servant, the humble servant that's down on his knees, washing the disciples' feet, setting the example, right? We might even be picturing him, some of you might be picturing him as the miracle worker, the rabbi preaching on the sides of the hills, right? That's awesome. But even that is not Jesus in his glory. Who is he? He's the son of God. He is God. So here's the thing. He is coming back again. And this time he's coming back the way the Israelites wanted him to come the first time. So I'm going to read this to you, but I don't want you to read along with me. Instead, I want you guys just to picture this. And we're going to have pictures that come up um, uh, of these as we go along. So the people at home probably won't be able to see them. 
But just, uh, just stick with me on this. Today, it's all about just building a couple of pictures. I want to see this together with you guys, okay? Let's let our imaginations go a little wild, okay? First one here is Jesus. I'm going to read in uh, Revelation 19, uh, verse 11. You don't need to read along here. As like I said, I want you just to kind of picture this with me. This is John speaking. He said, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a, ri- a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one but he himself knows. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay, I get all goosebumpy. That is Jesus coming back as truly the Son of God in power. The sword coming out of his mouth is going to be the word of God that he's going to judge the nations with. Everyone. There's a reason why it says every knee shall bow. Are you going to have a choice? When that comes, when he comes, I mean, he's got the host of heaven following behind. I don't know if you guys remember in uh, um, Chronicles, one angel, one angel wiped out 185,000 soldiers of Sennacherib, right? One angel in one night. He's got a host riding behind him. This is awe-inspiring, okay? And judgment is real. He's coming to judge the nations. So the first reason we want to tell the world about Jesus, we want that person, we want that Messiah, we want Jesus on our side, okay? If our name is written in the book of life, he will be our defender, If it's not, he's leaving us to our own devices, okay? And judgment will come. I'm not going to get into pre-trip, post-trip, all that kind of stuff, but the great white throne will be there. And it says, if your name is not written in the book, Jesus is not there for you, okay? He's going to be your defender or he's going to be the judge. I know which side I want to be on, right? The picture of Jesus in his glory is awe-inspiring, but... The second part of this, this is a kid. I'm a kid's pastor. I got to make it fun. So <clears throat> this is going to be fun. The second part of this is that heaven is coming too. So he's coming, but then he's bringing heaven with him. Okay. Now heaven is awesome and we're going to have a good time. I, uh, this is literally all I have. I just wrote all these crazy things about heaven and we're going to have a blast. So I need you guys to literally just turn your brains off for a minute. Don't overthink it. Instead, I want you to open up your imaginations with me. Okay, because I'm going to try to draw a picture of heaven. I don't know how many of us can actually truly understand the grasp, grasp the vastness of what God is really building for us right now. Okay, but we're going to have fun trying to figure it out today. And I promise I'll get a little crazy on this because I get so excited. (laughs) So just get excited with me. And I'm probably way off. That's totally fine. I'm just, this is literally just my picture of what heaven might look like. So just join in with me and have a great time. We're going to see what we can do. So um, I'm going to start in uh, uh, chapter 21. Again, I'm not reading the whole thing. I'm going to start here where the angel comes down to, with the, to talk to John about it. Okay. This is John seeing this. And uh, here's what just, you're just going to have a good time. I promise you're going to have a good time. Um, so one of the angels came to me 
says, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall and 12 gates with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on each side. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and they were on uh, the names of them were the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The, team, the angel had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length. Okay? Um, depending on which measurement you use, it's anywhere from 1,400 to 1,500 miles on each side. Okay? This is not a little city. I think I have a picture of, uh, see if we can find that. Yep, excellent. That right there, for the ones at home, if you can't see this, just Google the size of New Jerusalem and you'll see this picture. That's put over America just because I knew we'd know the sizes of it better. You could do the one over Israel and you'll be like, oh, that's covering everything. Um, but 1,400 miles, I'm going to be conservative and use the 1,400 mile measurement as we do this, okay? Means that city will go from Mexico to into Canada all the way across America and over half of the width of America. America's 3,000 miles wide. So it's half the width and all of the length of America. That's one city. That's pretty cool. Now, I don't know if that's real. I mean, they say, Bible scholars say that, uh, that heaven's going to be so big that everyone that's ever lived on the planet, if they all had worshiped Jesus forever, would all be able to fit comfortably. I looked that up. I looked up everything for this. This will last. We estimate that 107 billion people have lived on this planet in history, total, okay? So this is a big city. I don't know. I mean, if you look at this on China, they have pictures of this all over the globe. So from China to India, and there's about three, three and a half billion people, right? And that's a little smaller than this. So yeah, I get it, but 100 billion? I think we might be missing something. So let's get into this a little bit more and see what the next line says. Okay, he found, measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia when we use 1,400 miles in length and as wide and high as it is long. He measured as wide and high as it is long. This is the part we don't seem to realize sometimes. It's 1,400 miles wide. It's 1,400 miles long. It's also 1,400 miles tall. Okay, now it's getting fun. Okay. Um, I did some fun stuff on this just because this blows me away. I'm, a, I'm one of those big thinker types that's always in my head, so this is great. Who's been on an airplane lately? Lovely time in COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely. Okay. What does the guy always get on when you finally get to the top? We've reached our cruising altitude of 30,000 feet. Feel free to move around the cabin. Right? What does he say? 30,000 feet to 36,000 feet, right? That's six miles above the planet. The SR-71, for us old guys that love that, the spy plane, cruising altitude highest of all time, 90,000 feet, pretty awesome, 17 miles high. The highest non-rocket we've ever launched was a, was a, 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 a jet that we sent up. It was the E-226M. It reached, it just went straight like this, reached 123,000 feet, which was 23 miles up, okay? Now, this gets better. 
This gets fun. I hope you guys are loving this. Um, the Outer Space International Treaty, there is an Outer Space International Treaty. It's real. I couldn't believe it. It's hilarious. Um, that's where the nations got together when they were starting to, to colonize space, is what they wanted to call it. Um, they created a treaty for where space is and how you do all the stuff for the, internet, for the different nations. The International Space, Outer Space Treaty sets the beginning boundary of space at 100 kilometers high, which is 62 miles. We're getting there. 62 miles is where space starts. Okay? The average satellite, all those ones you see binging around at night, when you look up, the average satellite is from 140 to 400 miles high. Okay, that's the satellites that we see at night. Now, there's, there's like the NASA communications ones that are you know, way up there, but the vast majority of them are right there. The space shuttle is in between there. You guys remember the space shuttle? Right? It was big in our day. Space shuttle goes up there. It's in between there. It's from around 200 to 300 miles when, in its orbit, depending on where it is. And on top of that, the space station, the big ISS, International Space Station, that orbits at exactly 254 miles high. That seems so far. Our thermosphere, which is the top of, pretty much the top of our atmosphere, the measurable part, the only thing above that's the exosphere where the particles are kind of floating away. The top of the thermosphere is 400 miles. So basically, that's it. 400 miles. Most of the satellites, the space station, less than that. How tall did we just say heaven was a little while ago? 1,400 miles tall. That means if it was a statue, the space station would hit it in the knee. This is the city that God is building for us. Just open your minds up here a little bit. Let's have some fun with this, okay? So if, if this is the size of a little bit more than 50% of America, but there is 1,400 miles high. We're just going to have some fun picturing this, okay? I want you guys to get in your brain how that's going to work. How is that going to stack? I'm going to come back to this in just a minute. I want to read a little bit more to get some colors in here, and then we're going to come back to this, okay? All right, so the angel measured its wall, and it was 144 cubits thick, which is about 200 feet. Some people think that means high. My guess is that really does mean thick, 200-foot thick wall. <laughs> the wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every type of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, and then it lists the other 11 sapphires and diamonds, lists them all through. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. This is my wife's favorite part. She cannot wait to see this. <clears throat> each gate was made of a single pearl. Now, there's three gates on each side. That means they're probably roughly 500 miles away from each other. I don't think these are teeny-weeny little gates the size of a door, right? I don't even know how big this pearl is going to be. <laughs> Just let your brain wrap around that. I mean, heaven's sakes, think how big the clam would have to be to make this. Oh, gee, okay, don't go there. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's some bad 80s horror movie for a clam that big. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> One pearl for each, uh, for each gate. The great street of the city was of pure gold like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb is its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. Wow. On no day will the gates ever be shut. And then at the bottom it says, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will enter. So there is a reason that Jesus is coming. Okay, so go back to this a second. 
All of a sudden now we have a, a city the size of, of over half of America, but it's going up. Now I, I was picturing, I started off picturing a, like a high rise, you know, I mean, you know, what, what do we got? 15 foot. Most, most, you know, if you think of like an apartment or, or an office building that's 10, 10 feet to a story, well, God's going to be way more fun than that. So I just took this and said, okay, let's say God makes them a hundred foot. That's a pretty high roof on my mansion. I'll take that, right? So we'll say it's 100 foot for each layer of heaven. Now, of course, there's going to be a giant open area because we're going to have the river and the tree. I'm going to get to that. It's going to be, just, it's going to be gorgeous. Um, so, you know, God's not going to just make a little hotel out of this place. I know that. But so let's just say, so just for fun, I said, what, what, if, what if each layer is, say, 100 feet high? Well, if that's the case, 1,400 miles, 100 feet on each one, that's roughly 74,000 layers, okay? Picture that picture on, on America 74,000 times. And even if it's, say, 200 feet, let's go crazy, it's 200 feet, that's still 37, 37,000 layers of heaven. Starting to see how big this is? I hope this is fun. Um, this is crazy. Now, I, you know, I, I just, I'm silly. I am. I really am. So I was thinking, okay, well, how's this going to work then? You know, maybe the people that barely squeak in, <laughs> maybe at the bottom, I'm probably not, but hey, you know, and then, you know, you got, uh, you know, Moses up here near the top. I don't know. You know so, so I was thinking about this for a minute, just for fun. And I said, so, you know, I'll, I'll make it to heaven. I'll, you know, I'll probably be somewhere around, you know, floor 183, right? My next door neighbor, Nebuchadnezzar and I hanging out and, you know, I'm watching him mow his lawn and sometimes eating his lawn, depending on where he is at the time. A little Bible joke for you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, but now let's say I want to go visit Michelle, my earthly wife. Well, look her up in the celestial directory, right? Where is she at in this place? I mean, I did a little, I, I did, the, there's 2.7 billion cubic miles of space in heaven. That is enough to cover the entire surface area of the earth, including oceans, 14 times. Having fun yet? I hope so. This is great. Okay, so I look her up in the celestial lecture, and of course my wife is, you know, my, she's up on floor 71,312, right? You know, living in a little cul-de-sac with Daniel and Esther. I married up. What do you do? It's all good. <clears throat> I highly recommend it. She's great. So if I want to go see her, how am I going to go see her? She could be anywhere in this 2.7 billion <laughs> cubic miles. So I don't know. We're going to have glass elevators. I don't think so. That would take years and years to get up that. Oh, my goodness. I don't even want to know. Maybe we've got the kids in Kids Church all think we're going to have wings like the angels. That's cool. You know, ra- you know unicorns with rainbows. I, I don't know. Uh, everybody has their own ideas. The little Jetsons cards. That'd be awesome, right? Um, personally, I think God created the entire universe. This is just me. I'm just having fun up here. Um, I think God created the universe with his mind and with the words. So I literally think what we're going to do in heaven is I'm going to say, well, I need to be there and I'm there. I need to be there and I'm there. We'll see. I have no idea, but boy, it's fun to think about. Okay. So <clears throat> this is how big it is. Let me go on here and just get to inside this a little bit. I want you guys to see this with me. Okay. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down through the middle of the great street of the city. So I pulled up another picture here. I think she's got it. Yeah, there's the picture. That's the Amazon River from space. The Amazon is the widest river in the world. Now, it's kind of a little bit 
you know, at the mouth of the Amazon, it can literally reach 24 miles wide. <laughs> but I wanted to do the, real, the main river. You look through this, the Amazon, the Nile, the Mississippi, they all reach in their widest spots around two and a half to three miles wide, depending on the, on the season. So I just use that as an example. I have no idea, but I can guarantee you the river coming from the throne of God is not going to be the little virgin river that I grew up by in St. George that you could walk across in the summertime, okay? This is going to be the water for the entire city of heaven. And to be honest, it's going to be the water for the entire planet because it says the oceans have been dried up. So this is going to be a river. Now I'm telling you that because I want you to just see a little bit more of this scope here. I hope, I hope you're having fun with this. Um, the reason I'm telling you that is because the next line says this. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. But it says, on each side of the river stood the tree of life. Not the trees of life, the tree of life. So I had a little more fun. I pulled up the tallest tree in the world. It's a tree called Hyperion. He's a redwood tree. Um, and I do have a picture. If you're at home, pull this picture up on, on Google. You'll, you'll really love this. Um, Hyperion is the largest tree in the world. It dwarfs the other redwoods. You cannot find the exact location. They don't post it because they want anybody to go and damage it. Um, <laughs> but it is 380 feet tall. That's 60 feet taller than Big Ben. Okay, this is a big tree, and this is awesome. Um, so just wanted you to see this a little bit, because we're going to talk about this. And throw up that, that next picture of the tree with the little tunnel. For the ones of you at home, you know, you guys have seen the tree with the tunnel where the cars can drive through it, right? This is the way I picture the tree on both sides of the Great River. Well, again, being a nerd, I had to look it up. The average ratio from diameter to height for a tree is 80 to 1, which means just using a three-mile-wide river that's coming down from the throne of God, which is probably going to be a lot bigger, but I'm just using that because that's as far as my brain can go. Um, that tree in heaven, the tree of life, would have to be a minimum of 240 miles tall. How high did I say the space station floats? 254? This is almost hitting the space station. Now, again, I have no idea if this is right. I just want you guys to have fun with me and see this and this glory of, the, of heaven that he's creating for us. Um, but the tree of life is going to have enough fruit on it, 12 different kinds um, coming every single month to feed the entire world. It's going to be a big tree, and it's going to be cool. So I just want you guys to pitch this with me. Have a little fun with me, okay? Um, last thing, last part of this. That's really, truly all I really needed to say. The rest of it was just for fluff, but just because I just love this stuff. I get so excited. Um, but here's the, the last part of this, okay? There we go. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. Okay, that's all we need to say. Because what is the curse? The curse is everything. The curse is sickness, death, plague, coronavirus. It's everything wrong with this world. That is all the curse. It is the definition of Murphy's law. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. That's the curse. There will be no curse. I'm old enough. I can't remember what it felt like when my knee didn't hurt. I can't remember. I'm, it's not going to hurt anymore, right? This is no longer any curse. 
finishing up, and she can throw that last picture up to let you see this. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. There will be no need of light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever with him. Okay, I, I hope you can visualize this a little bit. I, I don't know exactly what the layout's going to look like. I, I did this picture just because I love Jesus at the front of it. It's really cool. Um, this is all going to be light. It's going to be a light show like you've never seen. Okay, um, the, the, the glory coming off of God is going to refract off of the pearls and the precious stones and the gold and the crystal. This is going to be a constant light show to make the northern lights look like a little sparkler on a stick. And it's going to be that way all the time. I mean, could you say God's just showing off? Well, to be honest, he's probably the only one that has the right to. I hope he is. Okay? I hope you can picture this and the reason why we want to work, to tell people, to get people excited about heaven, to see people excited to meet Jesus, because he's going to be there with us forever. Is that good enough? That's good enough. That's all I need to know, okay? He's going to come down, and he's bringing heaven with him. So I hope that was fun for you. I wanted you guys to see that, just how big heaven is going to be. And I can't wait to see how wrong I am. I can't wait to see how underestimated I took it all. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to pray. If you haven't met Jesus yet, you don't want to miss this. You want him on your side. So as I'm praying today, if you've never met Jesus, all it takes is you just asking him, say, Lord, be my savior. That's all it takes. So think about that, people at home. If you haven't met him yet, this is your chance. Go and meet him. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, oh, I thank you that we get to see you in your awesome glory. And at this time of, this time of year when we are just so thankful for the people that have sacrificed and remembering them and honoring them for what they've done for this great country, we have been a Christian nation for 400 years. Father, I pray that you don't let us leave you now. And all of those wonderful sacrifices they've made, they're nothing compared to the sacrifice that you made because you did it for the entire world everyone who's ever lived. And you want us to envision your glory. You want us to see your heaven. You want us to be there in eternity with you. Father, for the ones listening that have not met you yet, please come and show yourself to them. Let them invite you in and meet you as their savior. And Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that we get excited about this, that we want to tell people about this. We want people to A, escape judgment, but B, we want them to be a part of this, to see heaven. Keep us excited. Keep that fire in us, Lord, like that torch that we were holding up. Keep that fire in us where we can always be talking about your kingdom and your eternity. And Father, I know I can't do justice to heaven, but I pray that people got a little glimpse of just how big and how awesome and how mighty you are. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming. I hope that was at least fun. So it's a little different than usual because kids, I do the kids and it's always visual and we have a great time. So I wanted to just do something crazy visual for you. I hope you loved it. It's Memorial Day weekend. Please go out and have a wonderful weekend. Love on somebody. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks again.